Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us at the Behind the Sermon podcast. And check our Instagram account because we'll have behind the scenes on (laughs) behind the scenes of the podcast. We're behind currently the behind the scenes. We're currently in the basement of our Restoration Recovery Sober Living building as um, we were meeting uh, propane and internet uh, service providers here today. So we, I mean, not all of us, because I had a chair in my face <laughs> in my car, but everybody else is sitting on a basement floor with boom mics uh tilted down toward the floor <laughs> and that's a beautiful beautiful sight to behold so make sure Great. you check out cold floor make sure you check out uh it's actually nice because it's so hot out it's like the opposite of a car that has heated seats right like it's a very cold it's air conditioned seats <laughs> yeah the god who provides <laughs> yeah amen you are Jaira. <laughs> you are enough. Yeah. Pause for worship. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. So we're here. There's a bunch of work getting done here. What's the, what for people who know we got the building, what's, what is our timeline looking like for this? And like, so what you're we got, praying um, for? we, we got our, our variants with the state fire marshal. So we don't have to sprinkler the entire building. Sweet. But we do have to put a sprinkler over the two furnaces and the hot water heater. So if we can get that sprinkled and we have to change out two bedroom windows because they're not big enough, we could open with a capacity of eight. Um, But the state fire marshal did give us a variance to have a capacity of 20. Wow. But we're trying to open with the eight. So yep. we've got money to build the other two building bedrooms yep. and to build the change out windows That's for really the other exciting. bedrooms. But so I think the biggest issue is going to be shipping delays. It's like a 10 week mm. process on ordering the windows and we right. haven't ordered them yet yep. because, you know, we've been getting quotes from contractors and stuff. And right. Which not having to put sprinkler all in here, as we've learned from the Dover project, that saves a significant amount of money for this project. Like that's huge for them to let us do that. Yep. And then something else that's going to save us a lot of money is having volunteers paint because our painting quote for the interior of this building was $21,000. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous because like not everyone has seen it. Like, this isn't like a, a commercial esque property. I think it is, it looks residential, but has enough size to be commercial. So it's just crazy. Like this feels like a big house to me. And I just feel like no one would actually charge that much to paint a big house, but they look at it and they're like, Oh, this is commercial. They can afford it. Right. It's like, and awful. 21 was just for the primer. Well, yeah, that's what Michelle says. It's just yeah. for the primer, but I didn't read the quote. I mean, I'll trust her on that, but, right. but that's insane. Yeah. Crazy. 
So we open with the eight and then them being here and working through that, that helps finish the rest of the project. Yeah. yeah. Then, then now there's a little bit of income to pay the utilities and the mortgage and, um, and to start funding, like building the two extra bedrooms yeah. and buying the extra furniture and stuff. That's awesome. So we're close. We're really far away, but really close. I think our our dream would be to open in September. Yeah. Um, but that's just if the windows don't come, the windows don't come. Right. Yeah. So, Got to wait until that happens. Yeah. We. It, I guess keep our eyes open on Facebook Marketplace for some used <laughs> for windows. Some big windows. If anyone has any, and you're listening, <laughs> reach out. Yeah. And then it's the plumber for the sprinkler, and like that's the. Um, there's a few other things we have to do. We have to have a a fire, a, mo- a monitored fire mm-hmm. alarm here. Oh, okay. So not quite to the extent that we just put in the Dover Church. It can be a residential unit, but that, that I, too. I know one of the things, this kind of a testimony to it all happening. And like, I know your prayer throughout the process was like, there's been a lot of sober living homes around the area that they don't, get to take off too well because they're not following any rules or procedures and you I remember talking to us as staff were like we're just praying that they decide to make an example out of us in a good way because we're following everything and so they'll let us do a lot more Mm -hmm. I heard from a friend of mine who who does like sober living homes and stuff that exact like wording from someone from the city. They're like, oh yeah, if you want to do things the way restoration is doing it, you'll have a lot less trouble. Like they are oh, already wow. like, oh, so wow. he's already heard that kind of a setup. Like if you want it to work well, you should probably take a, take a page out of restoration church. So you, you really awesome. have done that and work through. So that's how the city is viewing it, which is pretty cool. It yeah. caused a lot of complications because we are one of the very first sober homes to try to open the right way. And even the state laws, they're not written. They're written that they've caught people, not that people are doing it the right way. So like the state fire marshal can't give us a variance until we have certification. We can't get certification until we've been open three months. We can't get a variance until we can't open until we have a variance. A variance. So it's all <laughs> written against each oh, other. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so it's almost like they're all breaking their own rules in yeah. order for us to open right. Yeah. Because they're not, they were never. They're not used to They it. were never, mm. when they started making all these rules, everybody already existed. And so they weren't thinking future. What does the timeline they look like? They were only thinking right now, correctly. which is a good example for something we talked about in all staff yesterday. Leaders leaders see beyond yeah. like just what's present. Yeah. So no one thought to include language of what if people are honorable? actually doing it right. And not that everybody Watch, was they, honorable. No, they probably did. And they were like, nah, <laughs> that's no reason. <laughs> Most of the, I would say a lot of the sober living homes opened and there was no rules. There was no language. No one knew what a sober living home was. Yeah. So it's not like everybody opened up with malintention. Right. Um, they were just trying to do their best. They were just trying going. to help and create. And then, and then it was like, well, what are you? Well, we're a sober living home. Well, we, we think you're a hotel. Well, we're not a hotel. Right. We think we're a home. Well, no, you're not a home. You're not just a home that's got a bunch of 
people living in it. Right. And paying it's rent. beyond that. Rooms. So that's created. So it's all the wild west. Right. Hmm. And we just built a suburb. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see it start. And so Pastor Steve, it's your first time in the building, which yeah. none of us realized. Initial thought. <laughs> I like it. It's outside. It, it, for me, it looked small. Like it just like, as you said, Pastor Jeremy, it's like a house, yeah. but inside it's like, wow, this is like a, like a big size. It feel, like it's, it's like a split level almost. There's yeah. a whole downstairs that you can't see from outside. So. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm already thinking about the potential people that's going to live here and uh, yeah. how the lives are changed. So it must be 4,500 square feet. So it's a big, yeah, yeah. it's a big property. It's awesome. The upside, the last thing that I think is important about it is, um, and obviously we haven't done all the work to it, but I've seen some of the sober living homes and they look like something out of like, you know, I haven't seen all of them, so I can't speak for all of them, but I've seen some sober living homes. They look like pretty run down, right. <clears throat> um, pretty rough neighborhoods. Like even if they're in a nice neighborhood, that particular home looks like it came from a rough <laughs> neighborhood. Right. So it, from this way of setting it up from all the plans that I've seen that you have, like this is a much nicer place for people to live, I think. And so I'm just excited that it's not like, Hey, you're messed up. You want to get clean, come live in a trash house and get clean. Like this will actually feel like they have some dignity and like can work through it. And I think that's like, the, cool the Freeman house in Dover, the men's Freeman house in Dover, I heard is really nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't been inside of it, but yeah, but it's a nice, I've house. heard that from people who live there. Yeah. Um, we would like to buy another house. There's a house for sale in Dover that we would like to buy that we could put into a woman's home. Mm. Um, it's about, you know, it's in the $800,000 range. So if anybody, like all we, we probably like to take that risk right now. If someone gave us 50% of it as a down payment, like someone give us 400,000, like we'd go buy that and try to open that up right away. Simultaneous. Yeah. Um, that'd be so cool. So yeah. if anybody's interested also, if you want to mow the lawn here in the Rochester, <laughs> if you building, got a nice ride on mower, if you've got a ride on mower or you just have a teenager, you want to make work. Um, yeah, send me a text message or an email because we could love for that to be um, mowed before the weekend's over. Yeah. So if you don't do it, I'll be doing it with a little 20-inch push mower and, uh, or a weed whacker. All right. <laughs> a Homer Simpson this yard. Oh so weed just let me know. The whole thing. Oh I'll let you borrow my we don't have a mower. Whacker. We don't have a mower here at the property, so you'd have to show up with your own. Nice. Let's right. get into the message that you, uh, that you preach. We actually, a lot of people reached out about this message. I and feel people like reached out to me too, which I normally they'll reach out to you guys about the message. They don't reach out to me. Yeah. And so I so even you just sit there in silence like, huh, maybe it was good. <laughs> but yeah, I did have people reach out to me as well. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, Pastor Nate, what, what was the whole idea behind you? Uh, like we're not doing a series for a month, I guess. Like we have guest speakers coming in and stuff like that. How did you land on the topic of sheep and goats that that you needed to preach and teach the church? Why 
did you pick that topic? Yeah, because so, you had my least favorite type of week. Preach whatever you want. Well, I would say it's our, <laughs> it's my least favorite type too. So I, I think part of the answer is going to sound unspiritual. So uh, I'll just apologize in advance for that. <laughs> but when it's a standalone week and it's like, you can preach on whatever you want. Like I already do preach on whatever I want. Everything I want to preach is already planned. It's, I mean, I've got stuff I want to preach like penciled in already for next year. Right. So a week where it's like, there's nothing, nothing scheduled. Those are really hard weeks because you're already putting I'm, down. I've already got yeah. everything I want to preach. Like I've already, if it's in my heart, it's on the calendar. So the, what happened was originally this was not going to be a standalone week. This was going to be the start of the villain series. Yeah. And it, it was only like four weeks ago. We changed that schedule. Like less, less than that. Less than Three that. weeks ago, two yeah. weeks ago. We only just changed that schedule. We were in Wyoming. during. So we changed the schedule in the Wyoming mission trip. <laughs> hey, we're not starting the villain series in two and a half weeks anymore. We're going to start it August 7th. And, um, and so it just happened. Right. Um, so my process of last week, I don't even know... Sorry for the question. Well, no, it's a good question. I, I, but I, I don't know that I have an answer to it. At some point in the week, as I'm uh, reading, studying, praying, begging, <laughs> God, what do you want? Please. God, give me, you know, the prayers. God, it's your word for your people. What yeah. do you want to say? So it's trying to hear the heart of God. God, your word for your people it's not my ideas. What do you want? Um, at some point, it was sheep and goats. So, I mean, I was building the pallet prison. So it probably could have been at some point Friday while I'm out there working and just I'm, a, I'm thinking about goats all day. I'm thinking about I'm listening to podcasts. I'm, you know, I'm talking to God about all the different things popping in my head as I'm working at some point it probably just clicked. So God surfaced that from my memory or he just said, you hate goats. Talk about goats. <laughs> and Which so at some point it clicked. I don't remember part. when it clicked, right? but at some point it clicked. My guess is on Friday. It could have been Thursday night because I was preparing right. for the next day's full awesome. project. Um, so that I, I, that's what, that's what I think it was. And, um, yeah. And then, so then I had some notes cause I had talked about this at all staff. So took, took those notes out and then I didn't just re-preach. Obviously it wasn't the same cause right. Jeremy didn't, even after <laughs> I preached it, didn't even remember me talking about it at all staff. Um, <laughs> But, um, fine. but yeah, I shifted it a lot. So reworked it, changed, changed. I asked you that before points, we were recording for a reason. Changed the ending. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a, it was same thoughts. There were some same ideas in it, but it was different. It was a different message. Awesome. Yeah. It seemed one thing that was cool of the responses. Um, and you've, you've preached 
like about this as well, like listening to a sermon and thinking like, oh man, I wish that person would, would have heard that. One thing that I feel like happened to a lot of people within our church was they immediately started thinking, am I a goat? Like they listened to it and they're like, do I do that? And that was a lot of like some of the comments like, man, I'm a pretty goat like sheep. Like Mm. it was a very humble way for our church to listen to it. It sounded like it at least like the responses I heard were very like, man, I have to check myself. And I think you, you did it in a good way to where it, it didn't feel like we were gang. Well, it definitely sounded like you were ganging up on the actual animal goats, but it wasn't like we were ganging up on like those people, right? These people are awful people. These people are, you, you taught it in a way to where people were really analyzing how they have goat like tendencies. Mm. Um, which if you haven't heard the sermon and you're listening to this, you might be really confused of, of that. But, um, I thought that was an interesting, like an interesting response. And I was just happy to hear that because it's always nice when people can listen to it and really analyze themselves. So yeah, it seemed like you presented it in a really great way. Well, for I them. appreciate that. And it's always nice to take that moments, even in during service to, as you said, uh, to check our hearts, right? Like yeah. all of us have the tendency of a sheep like we want to do good for other people, community, but here and there that goats will arise, you know, like something as simple as coffee. You do make their coffee, right? What the heck? I'm yeah. paying you. Again, our intention is to be nice, right. be the sheep, but goats will just come up as a symbol. So it's it was easy to just sit in, in a whole setting as a church to realize, oh, wow. Like my tendencies are right, but it doesn't come out the way it's supposed to be. So I think one, one positive email that I got was from someone, you know, long email, but paraphrase like, Hey, thank you for the message. I've been hurt by a lot of goats and I left the church for a long time and Mm. this is helping me heal. Wow. I think that was a, a great benefit. Yeah. To, we realized, wait a minute, I wasn't hurt by God and I wasn't hurt by Christians. Yeah. I was hurt by goats. And yeah, I think one of the, you, you want to say something, Stephen? No, no, after, after you. One of the things that I felt was key that it was only like a passing statement, but a church, if it's not careful, can have a predominantly goat yeah. Population. <laughs> yeah. So there's always goats in churches. There's always, there's right. always going to be goats. But if you're not careful, be you become all. primarily goats and then the goats start chasing out the sheep. Yeah. And I've been in those situations. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been in, it can happen in a denomination. It can happen in the in right. church. It can happen in a circle. Um. Yeah. You, it's always going to be goats. You can't you can't get rid of them. It really shouldn't try to, but you just got to be careful that right. you ha- they are not populating or overpopulating. Right. You know, I I I um we had dinner. Haley and I had dinner with a with a couple last night and talked through kind of their history of in youth group and and they had a really cool story of. Um, he had a youth pastor that was with him for a long time who really poured his, his heart into him. And, um, and 
ended up like during their wedding, it was far away. And this youth pastor, it meant so much to them. He drove all the way from, from a different state. Like it was a huge multi-day journey for him to get there for their wedding and to be a part of it. And, um, part of the outcome of that is now this person wants to serve almost in the same capacity for youth because he wants to try and give back what he received from this other pastor. To me, that pastor is being very sheep, like, like loving, caring and all this. And then I think through like, you know, we have another story of like, like Haley's brother. um, And he would, he'd share this too, like, like didn't have as much connection with, his youth pastor and ultimately like the way that our people, the way that people can treat each other can almost uh, unfortunately in, in kind of shape our opinion of God. And so if you have a goat leading people, it's kind of unfortunate that that will translate to how God must treat people. And like you were saying with that, the testimony that was shared, that person of, oh, this person, you know, I was hurt by the church and I was abandoning God for it. And I think it's such a, it's scary the fact that we really can get our viewpoint of God from the people that are around us that follow God as well. But it's just interesting to hear different stories of where like you can see where the heart intention of those leaders, what the fruit was from it. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's hit me pretty hard just thinking through that. And it, it checks my spirit because I don't want to wreck someone's relationship with God because I've somehow turned inward or somehow turned selfish. And I think that's like a big piece that I think we all like should carry. Like right. it's not just for me. Like you could be a miserable goat and, and still like want to serve God. But how many people are you, are you going to take out in the process? I think that's right. a piece that's always. You need to be dehorned. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like how, yeah. How, how many people could you take out in the process? And I think that's, that's the scary piece is um, sometimes like goats are more aggressive. They might even come across as good leaders because they're able to get people to do what they're doing. They're able to gather people. They may come across as, as healthy people that get people to follow them. And then it's only upon further inspection that you're like, Oh no, this, the heart, the heart's missing behind this. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think we've seen that a little bit, but I also think that we have a lot of practices in place now that help us not do that. So we have a lot of one-on-one meetings. Now we have Matthew 18s that structure through like, let's talk about when you were offensive to this person, when you sinned against this person, like, let's talk about it. So Hopefully, you know, that's very far away from Restoration Church, but it's a big thing that um, I think is really important. And I just think listening to that message is like, man, I don't want to be the goat that turns a bunch of sheep away from God. Right. I think you can be a sheep. I think sheep do bite too. Yeah. And and so, right, we're all, we're sanctification as we believe it and sanctification is the process of becoming like Jesus. Mm. There are some um, who believe that when you receive Jesus, you're fully sanctified. Our theological understanding is that sanctification is a process. So you're becoming more like Jesus, you know, as you follow him, as you get counseling, as you are rebuked, as you study the Bible, Mm -hmm. 
as he, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. It's just a long process. And um, so I was a sheep when I was 17 years old, but I was also a jerk. <laughs> so I was a sheep. I was fully following Jesus, but yeah. I was a, you know, but I, but, but I had a lot of growing and a lot of learning yeah. to do. Um, the, you know, the one thing is people love to make excuses to not follow Jesus. Right. And, and, and so the one thing that I, you, you know, that I tell everybody is, all right, you got beat up by a bunch of goats. You, that does not give you any license to walk away from Jesus. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's very popular right now to say, um, I was hurt in church. And so Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm not going to follow Jesus anymore. And we've got to go to the root cause. Right. And, and that one, people will give you a lot of empathy for, you can't really argue against it. Right. Um, and you, but the, but as good to, you need to know if you could just be honest with yourself and know what the true cause is. Well, I just, well, you know, what's real? I just want to chase sin. Like, could you just be honest instead of hurting being a goat yourself yeah. by hurt. My leaders never invested in me. My leaders did this wrong and this wrong. I'm like, well, I'll be, I'm not perfect. I, I, I mean, I say that <laughs> I, I probably say it on a daily basis. <laughs> I'm not a perfect person. I make a lot of mistakes. I, right. I, I think I'm doing the right thing and I hurt people in the process and, and I'll be repentant of that. And if you come and, and I've hurt you, I want to apologize and ask for your forgiveness. And then you've got to keep serving the Lord right? and you've got to stay engaged in his mission. Mm-hmm. You can't just disconnect that because you've been hurt by people. I mean, I've been hurt by people. One of the weird things about being a pastor is you get hurt by people. Yeah. It's like just a bizarre thing. The people, the enemy sends in people to attack you. Right. You're the sub shepherd. So I'm the subcontracted shepherd <laughs> by Jesus to, yeah. to take care of the goats. And so Goats are headbutting you all the time. Sheep are biting you all the time. They're stepping on your toes with their hooves. They're, you, you know, you're trying to shear them and they're freaking out at you. Like you're just trying to do your job yeah. right? and you get just bullied and beat up in the process. But right. who am I serving? I, I'm serving my shepherd, Jesus. I'm, yeah. I'm serving the sheep, but it's my responsibility to Jesus that takes preeminence. Yeah. And so if you've been hurt in church, you've been hurt by me, you've been hurt by a former staff member, by a current staff member, by a former current deacon, by another church attender or team captain, or just a random person that was walking through the parking lot one day, we follow Jesus. He's our shepherd. Mm. His voice says, and if we're a true sheep, we follow that. Yeah. We follow his voice. So, yeah, that's awesome. That was that was my question uh, for you. I think you kind of hit a lot of points, but 
you know, maybe someone listening right now or maybe later, uh, you know, we we go to church and then, you know, not only just leaders are goats, you know, maybe the attendees can be goats as well. How? What are some of the action steps in the process of being heard in the church? Because as you said, like, it's easier to point to the church and say, oh, I was heard by this church and mm -hmm. just leave. But do you think, is there any action step? You hit on a few things, but uh, like practical action step for people that's been hurt uh, or like in the process of like, my gosh, like not pastor, pastors are good or maybe that leader is good, but I'm hurt by this member of the church. Mm -hmm. So it, there's a difference between leadership hurting and the attendees hurting. Right. So let's, can we talk about those things? Yeah. Yeah. You something you <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my initial thought, cause even thinking through like what you were saying, like it's so hard when someone wants to turn away from God and they blame and they want to blame the, the people of the church. Like we're in a, we're in a culture where everywhere else that's not really acceptable. Right. If I'm cut off, in traffic by someone of a particular race. I'm not allowed to say that race is the problem, right? Like that's that's in our culture when when we we are training our kids to not do that anymore. Right. And we need to train ourselves to not do that with faith-based gatherings as well. Right. This person hurt me. Did Jesus hurt you in the gospels when you read that? Mm -hmm. No, then you can't lump him with that. That pastor hurt you. Did the pastor that's struggling to keep his home church alive and move to another building with his best intentions, did he hurt you? No, you can't lump them into one entity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I think we have, a. I see a lot of people have a tendency to do that. And I think we do as well in some areas like, oh, this mega church pastor had a moral failure, mega church pastors, celebrity pastors, they're such a problem. And all of a sudden we refer them as a group right, and, right. and not all the time are they people conspiring like with each other, right. coming up with how to have moral failures. Right. Like, yeah. and I just don't think it's fair that we still have a culture within Christianity where we can lump people together. Oh, those Pentecostals, they're crazy. Oh, right. those Baptists, they're boring. Like, like we have all these like, we right. lump them in. It's like, okay, well, I've met some really great Baptist pastors mm -hmm. that are fantastic. That right. when worship's going, they they don't look like the Baptists you make fun of that just stand there with their arms down. They worship God. Like right. we can't lump people in anymore. Mm. And we need to like, let's let that culture get Shift, into yeah. Christian. Like that's the one culture that we're pushing right now that I think should be in church as well. Like, let's not just assume everyone is the same. Mm. You, know, so you that's, know who wants you to quit church and the mission and being a part of the bride of Christ, the enemy. Right. So as soon as you get, you start feeling hurt, your temptation right. to quit church, to stop following Jesus, to disengage from your church community. That's not coming from God. That's right. the enemy. That's his, Oh, here we go. Yep. Here's my chance. Here's let me, some fuel. Let me ferment this hurt and to see if I can take you out. Yeah. And so we've got to be, if you get hurt at Restoration Church, 
immediately engage in another church. Like, so you don't walk away from Jesus. If the whole church... Well, hopefully first engage with the leader that hurt you. Right. <laughs> but sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you, you don't have that option. Right. But if like, so if, say for instance, for me, if the whole church conspires against me and I show up next week and they, and they won't let me in the building, like we had a meeting without you, you're fired. And people are like, wait a minute, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> um, only, only the ministry partners could. Yeah. So. Um, but if I got fired next week, I would be deeply hurt. I mean, I've been here 30, right. Six years. I've, poured out my life here. I've been on staff 19 years. I would be deeply, deeply hurt. Mm. Would I walk away from Jesus? No. Would I walk away from church or organized religion? No. I would not start another restoration. I would not start another church in Dover. All right. Cause I don't think that's ethical. Yep. I would, that's fair. I would <laughs> write up my resume and I'd be finding another, another, all right, Jesus, that flock, yeah, that flock rejected me. What's the next flock that you want me? Where yeah. do you want me to serve? Mm-hmm. And I just step into the next season. And I know I would do that because I did it when I was 21 years old. Right. And I got fired from a church wrongly and was treated poorly. And right. Then started at, came back and became a pastor. Started at Restoration Church eight months later, six right. months later. So, that's just what we do. Right. It, it's about Jesus. He called right. us to be a part of his church, yep. to be his bride, to be on his mission. Mm. Those are non-negotiables. He died on the cross for me. And so when I receive his free gift, I've said, I am on this with you. Right. So if a church person, if you get hurt by another church person, Practical step to take is get a little bit thicker skin. <laughs> Maybe go to some counseling because they triggered something from your past. Right. But like I've heard random weird things like, oh, we won't come back to your church. Why? Well, someone gave us a hard time about homeschooling. Who? We don't know who. How did you even know they went to our church and they weren't just some weird yeah. random visitor? Right. So you could mm. walk into a church as a first time guest, say something rude to a person, and then that person's gonna quit the church. You don't even know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> like we gotta get a little bit. Yeah. You know, one thing when people are like, I, I I'm not for the church, I'm not for organized religion. I'm like, because of one bad church experience, even if you've had ten bad church experiences, because of ten bad like, you know, why don't we do that for restaurants? I'm against chain restaurants. I'm against all chains. Yeah. Well, why? Well, because I got food poisoning from the Dover Burger King. Why don't you just not go back to the Dover Burger yeah. King? Yeah. Mm. PSA, like, don't. don't if you're listening, to don't, even, don't ever go there. Don't. <laughs> it's dangerous. He and wasn't, then he wasn't you making get that sick story at up. the Dover Burger King. You get sick at the Laconia Burger King. You get sick at the, where's the other Burger King? Someone got sick. Chris Pike has got sick at like, um, three or four Burger Kings. <laughs> like, stop going to Burger King. I think at that point, you stop going to Burger King. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you give up hamburgers and restaurants right. and McDonald's. No, you find 
another place to go get a burger. You find another place to go receive the bread of life. Yeah. The word of God. You don't just, I'm done with bread. <laughs> right. Because of a bad church. Like we just, again, the enemy is trying to get you to quit. Right. He's trying to lure you into not even being a goat. He's trying to lure you into being a wolf. I think that's what you turn into mm. when you're outside the flock trying to pick people off. Right. You don't want to go to church. Church is stupid. Let me show you my bad story. You've turned into a wolf. That's the, that's what the enemy's done. And you think you're little, you think you're grandma, but you're not grandma. You're a wolf trying to eat out some little red riding hoods. <laughs> and we don't even realize yeah. our snarling and our biting what it's, what it's doing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, we have a culture at our church. If you don't know uh, about Matthew 18, yep. uh, you know, we, we, we held that center pretty high at our church, at least among all our leaders at all our locations that if there's anything between that's going on between any of the leaders, we go to them directly yep. and say, Hey, Pastor Jeremy, what you spoke to me was like, it, it broke my heart. Can we talk about that? And we sit down and talk about that. And then when we leave the room, we are all settled and we don't right. hold we anything against, it. we work through it. And pretty much even us three, we have sat in one group setting and we talked about a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and we three had a Matthew 18 a group. A Matthew group, Matthew 18, 18 because it's a healthy culture, right? It's yeah. not to condemn you, condemn your skills or my skills or your thoughts, but it's a culture that we build to rectify things right. and move the kingdom forward. Because as, as we said, it's not against you or we are not walking against you. We want to move the kingdom. Jesus yep. is our ultimate goal. And that, that, that does work beyond the staff as well. We do it with our leaders. We do it. So hopefully... So, so I was saying, hopefully what ends up happening is our, our leaders, our volunteer leaders and our staff, like we're ready for those moments a little bit more than I think I ever have been in my life. Like since we've started doing regular moments where I'm allowing people to speak to me and tell me what I'm doing right. wrong, I'm not scared anymore when someone's like, can we have a meeting? I need to talk to you. Cause I'm just like, I, I've, I've been through some pretty hard ones right. and I think I already know what we're going to talk about and I, I'm, my heart's ready for it right. because right. I ultimately have seen benefits already. Right. And so I just, I had, um, I had a, just a, a volunteer have a Matthew 18 with me yesterday. Um, Hey, Pastor Nick, can I talk? Yeah, sure. And then it was a, a conversation. And so they'd never done a Matthew 18 before, certainly never done one with their lead pastor before. So it was a little bit, coaching like hey i just realized i had this problem with you all right and then that was going to be the end well wait 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 so let me ask you to forgive me so here's what my action was that hurt you so i'm asking for your forgiveness will you forgive me mm -hmm. it's a deliberate not right. like oh i'm sorry no i was wrong will you forgive me yeah and yeah. then that forces them into an action because if it's a true matthew 18 then they'll be ready to forgive. Right. Because some people just want to drop their crap on you. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? 
Yeah. Well, I didn't think I was going to have to do that. I just wanted to tell you you're an idiot. Right. That's not a Matthew 18. That's a Revelation 21. <laughs> 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 Don't go looking up that reference. That's just funny. Um, so then that was that. You know what? What happens? And this would be true. To, the, the person's probably listening to this. So, But then I'm forced, right? Because I want to be offended out of Matthew 18, right? So, so then I asked some questions you know, some questions like, um, you know, one of the questions I asked was on the scenario you just said, were you talking bad about me to people? That's what it sounds like. Like you were talking bad about me. And so the person said they weren't. So that was that. All right. Well, cool. Thanks. And so had they been talking bad about me, then I was like, well, let's, my turn now because <laughs> I'm offended that you were talking about it about me. Yeah. And, but no, so it's driving it toward reconciliation. Right. And so when he walks out of the room, I'm not angry. And right. uh, I think of an instance, um, 15 years ago, maybe. And someone was real angry at me. And so three, I think maybe I talked about this, a bad podcast before they were real angry with me. Um, I need to meet with you. I've, put my own money into this. You never offered me money. And I just need to tell you that I was really angry three months ago or for the last three months. And I was like, okay. Mm. And that was just weird. Like it was just weird for the next few years because I was angry. You were angry at me for three months and never told me. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing I could do. I just wanted you to know I was angry for the last three months. Well, that's not a Matthew 18. Yeah. That's yeah. just me dropping crap on you. Yeah. 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 And uh, so. I think keys to a successful Matthew 18 is you, you need to do it as soon as you can do it without yelling <coughs> obscene words. At someone Like if you're that heated, calm down a little bit, but you need to do it as immediate as you can. Cause nothing's worse than people being like, Hey, by the way, you've said this to me every day for the last six months. And it's really cut deep. It's like, I thought we had an inside joke. Like I can't undo that. Now I've, I haven't realized I've been triggering something up. Like that's the worst part when it's like, I could have undid that the first week, but now I've done this damage and it puts people in such a rough spot when you wait and you let it fester. Like you got to go into it. Yeah. Or if you don't do the true Matthew 18. So I would say this is probably more true in marriage, but like, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and like, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So it's not your chance to unload everything. If you've got a backlog of Matthew 18s, you just need to clump them into one thing. Like I'm deeply offended and I've been, I have a fence over many areas yeah. and I don't want that to continue. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's a culture that we really uh, have a standard and uh, we always recommend and encourage people. And we to, welcome anyone yeah. listening to this, if they need it, we welcome that. And like, even to us, like if you still, you know, we're offended or whatever with our actions or like anyone like Pastor Nate, Pastor Jeremy, myself, like if if you guys need to have a Matthew 18, we don't know. Like our talks, as you said, you don't know how your words offended like four months ago. Right. You could have rectified in the first place. So same thing, like please come talk to us. You know, we are human beings. We make mistakes. 
um, you know, so same standards. We want to set that for you guys, you know, please, even between attendees, have a Matthew 18. If you have, uh, if you're hurt by other uh, attendees or like your co-peers, just go have a Matthew 18 in mm -hmm. a good way and uh, rectify that and move the kingdom forward. The And, and, uh, and I, you know, I just said this, but to add it again, when you're coming with a Matthew 18, the goal is forgiveness and reconciliation. Right. right. So if you're coming like, hey, I, I've got to talk, I've got a problem, and you have no interest in reconciling the relationship or forgiving the person who offended you, you're the one with the issue. Mm -hmm. You've got the problem, not the other person. If I come to either of you guys like, hey, I've got a Matthew 18 to talk about and that's it. Like you with and and your hearts are soft, like you're ready to and I'm like, no, I'm not moving forward. I'm not forgiving you. I'm yeah. not I'm the one, one with the issue. The so if you're bringing them Matthew 18, that goal is unity in the body of Christ. It's yeah. forgiveness, it's right. reconciliation, yep. it's repairing. And so yeah. Probably a final step of a successful Matthew 18. Make sure you're having it with the person that should be having it. <laughs> so I've heard, I've I've gotten secondhand Matthew 18s before. I don't accept those. Right. Right? I I won't accept those cuz that's like what you said that doesn't let me finish. Hey, this person said they're pretty upset with you about this. Like tell them to talk to me. Right. Tell them to talk to me. Like right. we've got to not do second secondhand Matthew 18s. That's that's because that that's not a Matthew 18 that's gossip right even vice versa right like so if I have a problem with Pastor Nate and I'm coming to you Jeremy and saying hey you know Pastor Nate did, did this to me you're you should encourage me to have a Matthew yeah. 18 with him right not just talk to you because that's a gossip too right so anyone who comes in comes to you and say hey I have a problem with that yeah. person did this I don't to me. go to other people. You yeah. can tell me whoever you're mad at. I won't tell them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just tell you to go talk to them. I don't like, I don't want to be used <laughs> in that way. So in a Matthew 18, if you go to the person and they don't receive it, then you bring someone with you. I think then there eventually gets to the process where like it could come before the church elders. And so if you, if you, if you're having a fight with another person in your circle you go it's not resolved you bring your circle leader it's not resolved then it could like potentially come before the elders but if we can all grow up a little bit hopefully that won't happen right it is, would be a pretty rare thing but that would be some of the process yep. right. anything else on the message you guys want to talk through hmm. I think it was pretty clear your whole message, yeah. you really uh, spoke well. Uh, I liked I the your closing scripture that you flipped. Oh yeah, I really liked that one. It was the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. But sometimes we can view the Lord is my what is it goat herder? I want what yeah. I want. Yeah, Lord yeah, is yeah. my goat herd. So I don't follow him; he follows me. Yeah. I was going to, um, I, I've been in my mind trying to rewrite that this whole week, but I can't think of, because it can't be Psalm 23. I wanted it to be like, 
Psalm 23, but I can't think of anything that means like selfish. It yeah. kind of rhymes with Psalm, and so I've been stuck. But <laughs> like the Lord is my goat herd. I want what I want. Um, I, I, I go where I want to go. I lie where I want to lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's nice. <laughs> uh, what, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. So who's he to tell me where to go, <laughs> where to go or that right. this is death. Like I, I've been working on rewriting that because I think it's like the cry of yeah. this generation. Yeah. And so I feel like too many Christians are getting sucked into that. Yeah. If God tells you, if Jesus tells you to do something, he is your Lord and your King and you, and your shepherd, you do it. Yeah. And, and I think we've just got to believe, Oh, it was the boundaries one. The sheep aren't in pallet prison. They're in pallet palace. They're in the pallet saves. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the, but the goat sees the boundaries as a prison. Who's God to tell me how I can use my sexuality? Who's God to tell me what to do with my money? Right. Who's God to tell me not to get drunk? Who's God to tell me to help the poor? Who's God to tell me to lay down my career? Mm. But the sheep says, you're leading me to still waters. Yeah. You're leading me to green pastures. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, but I know where you're bringing me. You're going to bring me through it to mm. those green pastures. Right. And those still waters. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not a prison. It's the same exact enclosure. Right. But the sheep are blessed it's by it. It's all your your heart and, and your... goats are so annoyed by it. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, awesome. It's whether you want to focus on... If you want to focus on the borders and just heavily focus on that or focus the area you're actually gifted in, like the act, the area you're actually given, like yeah. which one would you rather do? You know what I mean? Like it's all in what you're looking at. I think it's a big deal. You know, Michelle and I celebrated our 15 year anniversary last week. Some people see marriage as a prison, the ball, the, the ball and chain, <laughs> right? Yeah. It has been the absolute best thing of my entire life. Yeah. You, you know, Meeting Jesus, having him change my life, getting called to ministry, those are all great things. I never, ever, ever knew marriage could be like this, would be like this, could be yeah. awesome like this. It's the greatest earthly joy of my life. It's mm -hmm. greater than whoopie pies. It's greater. <laughs> wow. Even the maple one at George Caleb's Fine Foods, that might be my number one whoopie pie. <laughs> finally surpassed the Martin's one. But... um. But people see it as a prison. Yeah. Why would I want to be monogamous? Why would I want to be tied down? Why would mm -hmm. I want to? Well, because it's a palette. It's the palette prison. It's the palette palace. Yeah. Mm. It's not a prison. Yeah. God set up these boundaries for trust and joy and right. enjoyment. Yeah. And, and we just look at it wrong. Mm. So true. Um. Our producer's telling us, keep going, keep going. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. is the symbol for keep, keep talking. It, yeah, it doesn't What's mean wrap been? it up. 20 it minutes? Keep going. Uh, any, um, <laughs> any, re any resources we want to talk through? Um, so one is, um, it's a pretty 
in-depth book. I don't know if I talked about it before, but Resolving Conflict by Lou Priolo, Prioli. I taught about that as all staff too, part of that book. Resolving Conflict. That is a deeply immense book. Like we might use it as a sermon series, but that book is so has so much depth in it, we could probably use it for like five or six different sermon series. Wow. Um, there's a lot of content in that book. So I recommend that, Resolving Conflict. And yeah, um, uh, then there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of bad documentaries trying to make people reject the church yeah. and podcasts. Don't listen or watch any of them. <laughs> Instead, watch the Jesus Jesus music uh, documentary on Amazon <laughs> yeah, Prime because good. that comes from a much positive place. Yeah, it, it just reminds you like, place. this is fun. Following Jesus is fun. There's good memories here. There's, there, don't don't there's ditch it. The good version of uh, the Hillsong documentary where it was two people who were not a Christian that attended and they're like, I want to make a documentary learning how they worked. And it was like the heart behind the worship and all of that. That was a good one. I don't remember what it was called. It's, it's the name of one of their albums, but it's off of Hillsong United. But that one is, is similar to Jesus music. You just hear just from the, the one individual worship leader. That's like, this is why I love doing it. Hmm. And the testimonies we've seen and you see them on mission trips, not on giant stages. Yeah, Don't and, hang out with people who are complaining about the church. Yeah. Hang out with people who are giving their life to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Hang out with the testimonies, not the, I always want to rhyme. <laughs> You're always with, trying to preach. Hang, <laughs> hang out with the people who testify, not the people who falsify. Hang out with the people who testify, not the people who test your nerves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an alliteration. It that takes works me a while. Too. That's why my sermon writing takes so long. I'm always, it's a lot of work. Like, this makes make perfect sense, but it's lacking rhymes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to rewrite this. <laughs> a key in writing sermons is make it memorable. Right. So you, the whole goat story is memorable and then memorizable. The Lord is my goat herd. I want what I want. Those two things, memorable and memorizable. Yeah. So that's why it takes a a lot of hard, you can just get up there and talk and everything you say is true, but no one remembers it because they're bored to tears. Right. And because you were just- Or it's just overload. You are just droning and yeah, or it could be overload. Like if my whole sermon was a rhyming rap, you'd just be lost. Mm. You can only <laughs> rhyme and rap a couple of times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, we got guest speakers coming up. Yeah, Missionary Doris Eckert on Sunday. Sweet. Uh, Aaron Holt um, from Lead Their Generation, the the twenty fourth. Uh, Travis Nicholson preaching on the thirty first. Pastor Victoria starting the Villain series yeah, on August seventh. That'll be exciting. And we're rolling. Yeah, that's cool. And I think all except for Aaron, we have them on this podcast. Doris is going to be on the podcast. I, I thought, I thought we'd confirmed it, but maybe not. Maybe I'm over promising. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Aaron texted me yesterday so we can ask him if we just, Sweet. you know, we can just record it in between services. Right. Yeah, that's true. Or following services. Yeah. The one thing about, anyway, never mind. We're going into too many. Bye. <laughs>